Welcome to Life With Your Dog podcast. Our focus is educating dog owners, enthusiasts and dog trainers about ideas on how to train, manage, live and thrive with our dogs. To teach dogs to live in our society while our dogs teach us how to live in the now. I'm your host Panos Anagnostou. And I'm your co-host Luke Badman. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of Life With Your Dog podcast. It's another Thursday evening. We're doing a, a late session again. Um, welcome, Panos. How you doing, my brother? Good, bro. Good. It's good to see you again. I was just saying before we hit record, we just went and had dinner at the, the local bowling club um, and we won the seafood tray. So, that's like, I'm a simple man and I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to have won that. You'll be um, going back to the club again. It's made my week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about you? How you going? I'm good, my bro. The sun's out for us. It has been raining for like, you know, three months straight. So, it's nice to get some work in. You know, we were kind of feeling feeling the, the crux of that, you know, which which sucks. You know, the, the thing about our job is that you're not, you're not working, you're not getting paid, um, mm. literally. There's no salary that comes in yeah, and things right. like that. The we good rely thing about a lot that, on being outside, you know. Exactly. And- and everyone's, you know, getting sick with COVID and that that always doesn't help. But um, mm. but besides that, everything's been pretty cool. And when the days that I'm not working, plugging away at all the th- life admin and projects and projects that need to be sorted and done because there's no point talking about things. You've got to put your money where your mouth is, right? That's it. But um, so we've got a we've got a topic. Yes. Right? Um, I messaged you about this. Um, well, we were supposed to record this. A few days ago, we we both had some stuff going on. So, anyway, we've been chatting about it. But um, yeah, three o'clock so, we were supposed to record. I thought it was two o'clock, and you're like, you're ready to go. I'm like, oh my gosh, where did that th- two hours just go? It's all so, good. Apologies about that's, that. That's <laughs> yeah. It's kind of the the you know we've got to keep our main thing our main thing. And the, this podcast is great. We love doing it, but ultimately it is you know it's not the the thing it's our side hustle it's our, yeah, it's side, our side hustle um, lo- love project for the people love project so i hope you guys in- enjoy it anyway anyway so okay so the, the, what what i was thinking about came off the back of just some things i've noticed um with a couple of um ex clients that i've seen on instagram posting some stuff and just little things as a dog trainer that i pick up on when I see either photos or videos of dogs, right? Based on- Or you drive past them. Yeah, or whatever, <laughs> right? Or I've, you know, based on what I, I know I've taught them and then what necessarily happens, um, you know, during or after we've stopped working with it, with each other, right? Anyway, and so I noticed a couple of clients just using some equipment that I'd never really, well, A, recommended or, or B, taught them how to use. Um, things like halties and, you know, harnesses on fully grown adult dogs. And I guess the theme of the this episode is like you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink, right? Totally. Or, you know, yeah, that, that's kind of the overall theme in the sense that like everything we we do as dog trainers and I guess this applies to other, you know, professions where people are paid for their advice – as in a professional capacity is like you can give out this advice with the best of intentions and train, you know, teach people to train their dogs in a certain way using certain equipment, certain techniques. And then, you know, as to whether they take that on board 
at all or they continue to to use those te- you know um, equipment and techniques after you've finished working with them is, is obviously totally up to them right and like the initial reaction is like oh that's interesting like i wonder why why they've kind of gone down that path particularly with the halty like i have i feel a certain way about halties i really don't like them i don't think um you know leading your dog around by the head or the face is necessarily a great idea but i guess the ultimate conclusion i came to was like it's their dog, right? Like, who am I to kind of dictate what or have any sort of opinion about what they do? And so, I thought it just might be a bit something a bit interesting for us to explore in a totally. podcast. Mm. Well, I think from today we'll, we'll approach it from the person who isn't following through. We're talking about you. And then also we'll be talking to the dog trainers that experience the same thing on the other end. And then we'll try to weigh up well, what's happening on both ends. So, like, why don't people follow through with technique and with equipment, et cetera? It just reminds me of when I went to the physio and I really want my knee to be better. And then I feel guilty going there, not doing the exercises as much as I should have in the right way. And the way that my physio is with me is that he just laid it out and he's like, who do you think you are? You think you're 16, you can just heal overnight. You're doing all these things, no goals. And it wasn't that he was putting it on me directly, like, why haven't you been doing the thing? But he's just trying to get me to think in the way that he's thinking. He's like- I think he knows you because I think that's how you like to be spoken to by your coaches anyway, isn't it? I do, I do. And and also, so maybe he picked up on that and he knew how to speak yeah. to me. And I think that's another part of all of this. But um, the way he laid it out and he's like, what is it that that's happening? You're doing all this stuff and you know you got to support X, Y, and Z so that you can be functional and not injure yourself. And- when I know the power of it, when I can understand the why, then what we need to do makes so much more sense. And I always was like that at school. And because I'm like that, I, when I explain something to somebody, I want to kind of give them the next three, four, five steps ahead. I will show it to them. Like, for example, the down. Mm. I'll show them. We move our hand to our lower back and mark and reward for two reasons. I want the dog to know the longer you stay there, the more food you get. And my hand's gone. I'm going to reward you. At first, people are like, what in the hell are you talking about? Mm. Your hand's moving. The dog says, like, he's down. You just feed him, right? But then if I can show him, well, we move the hand because the next step to that is standing up. And then from standing up, we take a step. And then if you want your dog to lay down so you can go in and get the coffee and then come back in and say, okay, and you walk, your dog needs to know every single step. And I want you to know it. So when your dog goes backwards, you go back and fix it. So, in a way, we want to get rid of our clients. That's what good practitioners do. Mm. So, that way they're- so I often use that analogy. It's like, we're, we're like a, you know, it's like a doctor. You don't, you only want to see the doctor a couple of times and then you want him to piss off basically, right? And 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 the mark of a good um, doctor, not that we're doctors, but it's just an analogy, is like you don't spend your life depending on him or her, right? Sure. Exactly. Well, and of course, depending on your condition, right? But yes, of course, yeah. if you have a, an ailment, like, hey, for example, my dog's pulling on the lead. If you need me for 12 sessions and I do that for every, like most of my clients, then I think it's way too much and you're not being effective enough to mm. make sure. Again, if there's certain dogs that need more work than others, et cetera. But I guess if we can get the, the if as a client, you understand what it is that you're doing, why is it that we're using the slip lead and not using the halty? And we explain, well, look, I, and I'm of the same opinion. I don't really like halties. And and for the reason of you're strapping on your dog's face, you start pulling, if your dog lunges, you're going to do a lot of spinal column damage to your dog, starts to hurt, hurt their eyes. You have to condition the, the, 
the part that equipment so much that your dog enjoys wearing it, but also it suppresses them when they're wearing it. They don't act the same. And mm. if they're not acting the same, when we put them back on a normal collar, they go back to a behavior, how they feel. So, but again, in saying that, if used correctly for the right dog, it could be, it could work just like with any, any tool. Right. But, mm. um, but typically if we can show you how to use a slip lead, maybe the martingale collar, this will be so much more effective and then we'll show you why. But then, so the first thing here is everybody wants that quick fix, right? Oh, I thought you were going to come and like stop him from doing it, so we can just like. I think even life. the word, um, even the word "fix" is interesting, right? And we've kind of talked yeah. about this before, mm. maybe not necessarily on 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 the podcast, as far as I can remember. But like thinking of our dogs as or their behavior as something to be, you know, quote unquote, fixed mm. in itself is sort of, in my opinion, it's a bit problematic. Well, right? yeah, you're seeing it from the wrong perspective, right? Mm. Yeah. Because again, and if you zoom out again, it's like, well, we, you know, I learned this from you and I try and pass this on to my clients. It's like, we always, I want to focus on what we want from the dog, not what we don't want. Mm-hmm. So, by fi- if you fix something, really what you're focusing on is what you don't want, what yeah. you want to go away or whatever that is, right? And, and even if there was a fix, for example, a dog jumping on you, there is like something that can quickly fix it, a couple of reps and your dog stops doing it. But it comes in complement with changing the way that you work and live and interact with your dog. You know what I mean? So, but if it's, if it's somebody who's well-versed and doing all of the stuff and then there's an issue, usually that issue is quite complex. It's not like, well, sometimes it's just do that, just do that thing. And it's like, oh my God, it worked. So, yes, I, I, and I totally agree, nothing to be fixed because training never ends. Training is about learning habits and technique so that on the fly through life, you're applying this. It just, it's a thing that just happens. You know, um, you know, me and you like physical activity mm. and we do it because it's our lifestyle, not so much because you're trying to fix your body. Even though you may have an injury and it's good to work out and it does prevent you from getting injured or furthering the injury, but- you feel weird not working out for two weeks. And it's like, oh my God, what the hell's happening? It feels weird. And that's how it should feel when not walking your dog or when my dog pulls a lot. And not only is it annoying, but it's just weird that my dog pulls so hard on the lead. You know what I mean? Like um, you grab a, like you see somebody walking a dog and you're like, oh my God, it's crazy. How do you live like that? You show them how to walk and the dog walks nicely. It just changes your perspective of Mm. what you think of your dog. What's the emotion you get when you think about walking your dog? <sighs> but, and again, oh, it's ah. not about, a training encourages, like, it's not about we want the dog to stop pulling because if you zoom out and you ask most of these people, it's like, well, what have you actually done to, to show the dog how he should, how he or she should walk in the first place? Yeah. 99% of the time, the answer is nothing. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, to be fair on the dog, we've actually never shown him Exactly. How he or she should actually You're just in default walk. mode. It's yeah, exactly. Yeah. You just clip him up and he just fucking water skis you all around the mm. neighborhood. Yeah. Which you don't like, but you've also never actually taught him what what the picture is that you do want. You've been angry at him and you scream at him, but you may not have taught him exactly what what do you want? do you want to stop him from pulling? No, you want him to walk next to you. Mm. To focus Re- to on you. Reframe that, right? Yeah. I, what I want is I want the dog to walk in a nice little pocket on my left-hand side, X, Y, and Z, not do, you know, doing certain things. Exactly. No, no attention on the leash, right? Or like there's criteria, right? And so, we focus on what we do want. Exactly. The Which then means here we have like um, 
oh, where is it? Like technique not explained to the person's understanding. So we show them the thing and it worked in the moment. It's like, yeah, but I walked on the collar and it just, it was always down low and the dog was always choking. So people didn't understand that it wasn't when the collar's on, oh my gosh, the dog does it. It's understanding the technique and everyone is at a, such a different level. And I feel for me after, you know, so long of talking to so many different people, I guess you start to pick up on different people's psychology, the way that they think, the way that they they interact with each other and interact with you and interact with the dog. So you, as you pick that up, it's almost like you file them in a certain, you know, mode. Oh, I'm talking, I'm going to talk to you like this. Or, mm. you know what? I just have a feeling from past and, you know, not to be casting judgment, but I just have a feeling that you guys aren't really going to, I'm not obviously saying this to them, but you guys aren't going to follow this through. And so what can we work on that? Something that you would do, you know, for example, and give them technique at that level. Now, for example, if they follow up and then they do something another three, four weeks away and that they've done those simple things, then you're like, all right, maybe we can do some more. Or it's like, well, you haven't even you haven't even taken your dog out for a walk 15 minutes a day because you only walk them on the weekends. It's like, come on. So for me to say, you're going to walk like this, you're going to do this, you're going to do it for 35 minutes, you're going to, mm. you know, get the long lead and do all the stuff because you're it's telling so them to do It's so far stuff. from what they're currently doing that it's <laughs> way too far. Not that, it sh- not that it should be, but like it is. The, the, the objective reality is like they're doing almost nothing and then, the standard that we ask them to adhere to is like so far from that. And isn't like, it normal? Fuck. Like yeah. to put the collar up higher. It's like people are like, oh my God, that looks really weird. So like if the, if if they, for example, if they're going to make that comment, I put the martingale up high and we're like, oh, and they're like, oh, the collar's up really high. Straight away, I'm like, oh, you're uncomfortable with the collar being up high. Let me explain why. And I'll have my random analogies and usually they're very physical analogies because it's a physical thing and mm. explaining, you know, something as extreme as, so for example, let's try to, in a way, not really sell it because you don't really want to sell the thing so you can sell a product. You're not really selling it so that they can just agree with you. You want them to un- really understand it. So for example, collars down low is like, if I was a run at you, you put your hand at the base of my neck or my collarbone trying to push me away. I've got leverage over you. I can grab your arm and now I've got you. In a, in a wrestling match. If I run at you and you put your hand, if you can get your hand under my jaw, just push my head up and I'm looking in the sky, my spine bends back. I have to move back. You can kick me in the groin and run. So mm-hmm. just in that moment, controlling the head controls the body. If you're going to have the um, collar down low, now you're controlling him from his um, the base of his neck where it's super strong. But not only that, because they're like, oh, can't we just use a harness? It's like, so what do you want? Do you want to have a nice walk? Let me show you that can work. And of course, you, you need to be able to do it. So when you're out walking, this is what it feels like. How about you do it? And then explaining, it takes so much time to screw it up and to butcher it and not explain it properly until you get to a point where if they can just feel it, feel feel that. And then also if you feel that they're going to be unsure, it's like, look, it really works. I'm just not sure. It's like, look, when you go for the walk, put the harness on and put the martingale on. Put the martingale on for a little bit. If you're feeling overwhelmed, if you want to swap it over, that's not for the dog. That just, I don't, I don't think that benefits the dog. Um, it only benefits him because it's going to benefit the person. Do you know what I mean? And some people need need some time. Sometimes I may see them go like, you know what? I'm not even going to fit you on, on any collar today. Mm. We're just going to do what we do. And when you go out the front, your dog's on a harness. And you're going to say your dog's name. Your dog, dog looks at you, you mark and reward. The dog can't even hardly sit, for example. So to get them to hold a seat, to focus, this, that, maybe too much. And the problem is, 
they go out from a professional perspective and it's like, yeah, we did the training and it didn't work. And then that's what we always hear, right? We're trying to quick fix and then training didn't work. And like, those are the words because we're trying to fix it like it's a mechanical object rather than developing habits in a way of life. So I think explaining it, okay, I guess really helps in a way that people can understand it. And the only way that's just an experience thing, but but also you're just going to get someone who's just not going to follow through. And when, and when you see it, it does, I know how much it it, it can burn. You look at Mm -hmm. it like, oh my gosh, it's like so painful, but then you should also focus on the person you drove past and you see him get to the curb, tell the dog to sit and you know where the dog used to be. And now where the dog's at, you know, showing some obedience and, loose lead walking, you drive past, you beep the horn, you give them the peace sign and you're like, yeah, awesome. That's so cool. And they're so happy that they got their little reward because the trainer saw it um, off guard. I see people when they're walking, they've got their dog all over the shop and they're like, oh my God, he's coming. And they're like, do this weird stuff to make it look like, and it's like, don't even do that. Don't even, like, I don't care. Like, I actually don't care. Hmm. I do care, but I kind of don't. I can't invest That's what in I was getting person. at. I like, yeah. I uh, it's your dog, man. Ultimately, mm. to be really blunt about it, to put to frame it as a question, who does it affect? Yeah, if your dog doesn't do what you want it to do, doesn't affect me. Like in in a, if you in, don't, I mean, as in if you don't follow through with what I've taught you, and the end result is you don't get the progress that you were after. So doesn't and, affect and, me and, and and it can go both ways right because if if it's a common theme then obviously damn it i need to revise and review how we're teaching it if it's a yeah, one-off that, here well, and that there, was another thought i had was like well did i explain it well enough and then i'm like well it's not happening with everyone right exactly but then maybe one person needed extra explanation or another thing i wanted to, to cover just on sort of that note i guess that topic is like um i think we should talk about the notion of us as balanced trainers and maybe not everyone who, you know, whether or not it's covered or spoken about explicitly in the initial stages of either inquiring or the consult is like, maybe there are clients who hire us as balanced trainers, but then really either they, so maybe they don't actually know what that entails. And then after the fact, they decide that those, um, either that equipment or those techniques, whether that's corrections or whatever it is, you know, or, or martingales or you know, pre- negative reinforcement, whatever. They just like, well, that's not just that's just really not for me. I'll just put the dog back on a harness. Yeah. Right. Well, I guess with those people, it's a. Some people don't agree, but don't have the courage, or they feel it's awkward to mm, speak They'd rather about just it. not say anything. I'll say nothing when moment. he goes. I'll even buy the collar. I'll buy it and not use it, right? Mm. Just like I'll make him feel good or this and that. Or, or So something else that came to mind, but I'll hold that thought. So if that's the case, while training's happening, I've gotten into a habit of regularly checking in. How do you feel? What's going on? Let's just stop. Tell me how you're feeling. Always tell me how you're feeling. Mm. Not what you're thinking, what you're feeling. How do you feel about it? Because your thinking and your thoughts, we can condition and train that. But if Good you don't idea, feel it- you know, like, and then if they can check in and they could say something, but their body language is all over, like, you know, saying something opposite, like, yeah, you know, like, it's all right. And they kind of like do weird stuff. Then you're like, let's like, without interrogating them, try to figure out what's going on. And, um, but then on in saying that as well, this can be frustrating. 
the slip lead worked really well. The long lead was great. They comment home out how good it is. We get back and they're like, oh, we'll think about getting the things. And it's like, how are we going to do the stuff that we just did? How's it going to work if you're going to put it back on his harness? Mm. So it's like, it is what it is, right? So then I rock up again if they want to see me again. And then and it, usually we we either um, I saw like a package of like three sessions or they do the single sessions and follow it up. And if it's a the package, then it kind of makes no sense. I rock up again. They're like, look, now some people say, we want the calls, we want the thing, we want to do it. Oh, my God, it sucks that we didn't do it last time. It's like, cool, let's just do it, right? Um, or they'll message like the day after, oh, do you have those leads? Um, or they don't do it. And it's like, well, like, obviously, like, it's not even part of the toolkit. You don't have the toolkit. So, and then also, if people don't agree with it, then that's cool as well. But it shouldn't be that we have to say, I'm a balanced trainer, I do this. It's how do you feel if you don't feel comfortable? Well, look, let's use a front clip harness. Or if I know that you're a bit sensitive person, we'll just use a front clip harness and we'll work on that because at least mm. you'll get, you know, 70% of the way. Have you listened than- to the latest episode of the K9 Paradigm that came out like today? No. Okay. So really quick, really quickly, Talk to this me. is what they were talking about at the start. Um, Glenn brought this up. Is the, co- the 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 topic of front clip harnesses? Yeah. The, the the episode is called when you're when you're full of shit and you get caught. And they're talking about some other stuff, but this was at the start. And Glenn was basically saying like he'd seen, um, you know, there's a lot of these like um, Instagram ads, particularly that get around. You've probably seen them. Oh yeah. They advertise like the front clip no pull harness. Yeah. And what Glenn, I'm not going to put words in his mouth, but I'll just quickly paraphrase it. Is like he was basically saying like the way these harnesses are advertised is that, you know, is this kind of like force-free, just magical, no pull mm-hmm. harness kind of thing. Well, the reality is these harnesses work through negative reinforcement, mm-hmm. right? And there's no difference on a technical aspect mm-hmm. from that, from that, you know, element of negative reinforcement between a front clip harness and a slip lead or whatever else, right? Yeah. So from a technical Mm-hmm. perspective but for whatever reason certain dog clubs or certain trainers or whatever mm-hmm. are in an ideological fashion so opposed to slip leads martingales anything on the neck yeah that kind of way. thing <laughs> but they'll put a a front clip a, harness a front clip harness on okay so is it that you're opposed to negative reinforcement holus bolus or are you actually just opposed to slip leads in martingales like which one is it they, they don't, if someone was to say, it's like, I don't want to choke my dog, okay? I should be entitled to not want to choke my dog and you choke dogs. Mm. But, but you're still be. using negative reinforcement. We can agree on that, right? Because sure. that's how these front clip harnesses actually work. That's so why the name, the name of whatever it is that we call the positive only, the force free, the plus R, the whatever, call, like it keeps changing because there's, it's hard to define it because they're just trying to say that they Like, let's just quickly break it down. The reason your dog doesn't pull into into a front clip harness is because he finds the, the, let's say, the pressure or the bodily position that that pulling puts him into unpleasant. And he learns how to turn that pressure off by not putting himself in that position in the first place. Therefore, negative reinforcement, right, into a behavior. But the problem with the front clip harness and the reason why I just don't use them for dogs over six months generally, look, if you have a dog that's very very brachyphotic, Falafic, whatever the hell you yeah, know, the Frenchies you and that. Sometimes if it's like very uh, much and the dog can hardly breathe with nothing on, I probably wouldn't put anything on the dog's neck. 
and I would put him on a frankly partners, make sure it's on nice and firm. We can control him that way. And, and, and it can work depending on the dog, right? Sometimes they can be bracky and we put the, and the collars on and we don't have any issues. It's all in the technique, but what happens? You put a German shepherd on a frankly partners and he's 10 months old. He, at first, when you put it on, yeah, it works like magic. He pulls off balance. Oh my gosh. There's technique as well. At first, the first day or two, he will probably pull off balance on his own. Then he just walks diagonal up the street because he just goes into opposition reflex, hips lay, hips hang out, chest hangs out, and they're just walking sideways. But the biggest problem, the reason why it's not advised for big, strong dogs, for any dog really, in my opinion, is you can pull him off balance, but his head's still looking at the thing. When you go, he looks at the dog, he starts reacting to the dog, you turn around, the dog's still staring, you're just pulling him back like you're you know, holding the guy back at the nightclub. So, of course, collars control heads. We turn around, the dog turns his head, his body has to follow it. So, But then people think, yeah, I don't want to choke my dog. I'm like, I don't want you to choke your dog either. Who's choking a dog? Mm. Your dog's not supposed to choke. The you dog's said anything to- about wanting to choke your dog. We're here but, to teach your dog how to do a certain thing. But then think about this. The person who's useless and isn't going to follow through, do we put him then on a collar, let the dog pull, and then he pulls so much that he keeps gagging and choking, getting desensitized, pulling more, creating issues, compared to... Well, if he's going to pull and you're not going to do anything, like, do we then just go, hey, just use a frankly harness? That's better than having him on the back anyway of the harness or better than being on a flat collar and slipping out or pulling into it? Like, where, what is the bare minimum that if someone's not going to do anything and you give him no technique, you give him no training, what is the best tool for that person to use? Let's just say he has a staffy, for example. Would you say you're going to do nothing at all Flat collar, martingale, front clip or back clip? Which one do we choose? What would you choose? Because he uses the slip lead, the martingale, the dog's pulling down the street, he's gagging, he's coughing. It's like, man, you're freaking choking your dog out. That's not lo- That's not what you're supposed to do. A choke chain isn't supposed to make the dog choke so much that eventually he doesn't pull because he chokes. He just gets used to it. And a slide so far down his neck is not doing anything anyway. And we know that even with the frankly partners, if you want that to be a long-term thing, or like even if you're working with the puppy around six months old, they're still in a frankly partners, as soon as he starts to creep in front, you put the pressure on. He, bal- he pull- gets pulled off balance. He gets next to you. You turn the pressure off. How people use it is when the- and how they, they screw up lucid walking on a collar is a dog hits the end, pressure already turns on because he's hit the end of the lead, which then means his body goes into opposition reflex and pushes into it. Then now you're pulling back, he's pushing forward, and that's where it screws up. People are trying to stop the pulling. Here we want to try to stop him from getting too far ahead of you. You pull him off balance, not trying to pull him back. So, you know, it, it, it is tough territory because the person who's not going to do it, do you want them to have a slip lead and give slip leads a bad name and then their dog He's pulling so like it's it's tough yeah, because that's a good point. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like so and look, not that I'm married to frankly partners, I just think it's great for like a five-month-old German shepherd, you know, pulls a little bit on the leaves, like, yeah, we can pull him off balance a little bit. We won't put anything on his neck. Let him let him fully teeth, teeth out because you uh, me and you can probably work a little bit on a collar with with a younger dog and, and it can work out, but people do not have the technique and the dog hasn't got the cognition to understand what's happening and they're just going to butcher it. Mm. I may as well the do- the puppy get no collar on, no desensitization. So when you put the collar on, he's like, "Hey, what's that?" And then we're working such little pressure. But then again, you're not going to catch these people at that at 
those times. You may be catching them at a year and a half and, and the dog's going to You make a good life. point. Is there's, there's no perfect answer to anything. And that's kind of the point. Like dog training is equal parts art and science, right? And yeah. there's no perfect perfect solution to anything in, in, in what we do with dogs. So It's just mindset we, and, and how much people are motivated to want to have it done. You know, everyone wants to do Ninja Warrior, but like some people are just not suited for it physically mm. and some people are not willing to. And also it's pretty, you got to be at the right age and the right physique to be able to not bang up your body. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So, but if you want it so much and you have that deep desire and things have lined up, then, then they can do it. It's not really about can someone do it? It's do they want to do it? You know what I mean? Yeah. And you got to probably make, make yourself be in a position where like if you're really busy i think that helps because people are like oh i'll just go to the other guy where if we're more available we get the whoever who cares some people are like no no we're going to wait eight weeks we want to see panels it's like okay um but you can call these other guys like no no we'll wait so then at least you've got some commitment so then they're like yeah. tell me what to do and i'll do it you know what mm. i mean so I guess that that's another observation that I've made because you want people that are going to have enough consistency that they're going to develop habits. Habits yeah. is what we're trying to look for rather than um, giving them the thing. So, you know, all right, my neighbor, I'm sure she's not listening to it. I don't even know if I've even spoken about this, but it, like, it did my head in. So <laughs> we won't get into too many, de- too many details, but we've got two little pug crosses, two of the dogs, completely different ages, different um, bloodlines or whatever. And, you know, she she claimed that they both have anxiety. Oh, and so did the humans. So everyone in the whole house just has anxiety, right? Which you may all have anxiety, but maybe the people who are controlling the situation have too much anxiousness about the situation. They don't take their dog out of the street. Like they don't leave the they don't leave the street. Anyway, they've employed me to do to to do training. They said that they've seen someone before, it didn't work, right? So now I'm the second person. And I'm like, all right, so I thought the session went went really well. The dog did um, kind of protest a little bit on the martingale, not for very long. He f- he did a couple of little flips up in the air and kind of because he never ever had a collar on. But we let him go through his moment. And I was going real chilled with him, and we were able to walk around the block. They were scared about Grand Parade because the dog chases the cars. He didn't chase. He looked ha- happy. There was a little bit of nervousness because he's a very nervous puppy. I mean, nervous dog, but. Mm. I think all in all, it was, a, it was a pretty positive session. He does chew his paws a lot, and they did get a little bit aggravated on the ground when when he was like jumping up and down. But they were already like red raw from his allergies. And she said, "Oh, the dog got cut because we were walking." And I'm like, "Listen, you're walking ten minutes a day up and down the street. We need to start getting out and about. The dog's lunging at everything, not doing anything." So basically, at the end of the session, we did a good walk with both their dogs. And they had a little dog and we put a little five-month-old pug on a frankly harness. She was doing awesome too. And I thought they were feeling really good about it. They kept on rescheduling, rescheduling, rescheduling. And of course, they live in my street. So I keep bumping into them. Not anymore. But um, so I was walking and then had my dogs like on the lead with the pram and they get their dogs to come up and her dog like lunges and like, and she pulls back and the dog's like, oh yeah, he gets excited. And I'm like, no, no, no. He, he almost bit Nookie if you didn't pull back. He's back on the harness, not on the collar. And they're like, what should I do right now? And I'm like, you can't do anything right now. I'm not going to tell you to do anything. I go, you haven't even done anything that I've told you to do. I haven't seen you've been doing anything. You want me to fix your problem, but you don't want to fix your problem. Hmm. Anyway, so- That's a really good point because people say, and this is not just in dogs. This is an analogy. Human trait. Yeah. People have problems and they- 
either tell themselves or they tell other people that they want to they want to fix that problem. But do they really? No. They want to the be proof fixed is in the them. pudding, right? Yeah. And do you want to fix it or do you need to fix it? Because the person who needs to fix something will always be willing to do more than someone who just wants it. Yeah. Right? Yes. True. And if everyone actually want if everyone was actually serious about fixing their problems. Maybe well, I don't know. Won't. It could go the other way around too. Some people need fixing, but they won't. But then some people have that want. Like they, it's outside. It's a, it's, it's interesting, and they do it. So I guess because how about, and and also maybe they don't want to fix it because everyone having problems is a good way of being like you know everything bad happens to us. It always happens. Yeah, of course. I'll, of course, without the dogs got anxiety. It's like you know we can't. Anyway, so just to finish this up because it was really annoying. She um she commented on a story of a dog walking on a slip on a slip lead walking up and down a similar dog to hers and she goes oh, I'm really happy that the techniques work for other dogs but unfortunately not my dog and we've seeked you know advice from somebody I won't ever give him airtime and you know they're all on Prozac and the dogs this and that but I still don't like I haven't seen any difference in their behavior actually in fact I just all I said to him. Is thank you for your feedback. Is all I really care to say to them. Yeah. What am I going to say? I'm going to get into an argument. I don't care enough to to want to to want to have to fix you now. If you're struggling and you really want it and you're exhausting everything, I'm thinking about it at, in in my bed. Like I'm like, how are we going to fix that thing? They really want it. I really want it. Of course, I care. When I say I don't care, it means that I don't care for somebody who's not going to put any effort in. Like I don't have any time for that. Um, but someone who's trying hard, I'll be thinking, I'll message him like two days later. Hey, I was thinking of this. Try that out. Let me know tomorrow. I'll speak there's, with him on the phone. So there's this analogy, right? And we, 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 you know, the episode, I guess will be called, you know, you can, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. There's another saying. It's like, um, when the student is ready, the teacher appears, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Which is so true because again, on that theme of like people having problems, but not necessarily being either willing or able or whatever to receive the teaching that could actually help them, the problem continues, right? Yeah. Like that's a perfect example of what you've just spoken mm-hmm. about, right? And it's like, yeah, well, you've got this problem and there is a solution, but do you actually, like, are you ready to receive that solution and to actually do something about it? Because well, like, they're two separate yeah. questions. And we were just talking about this before we came on air, talking about- um. If two, if two stupid people were talking about how stupid someone else is, if two idiots are agreeing, or even if just even if one idiot, we'll call them a stupid person, says something bad about you, for me, that's a compliment because I know your personality. Again, people may not like what I'm saying here, but people know your personality. If you're going to say that they're no good, then that's usually a compliment in a way. Because they say the same thing about every single other person. You know what I mean? And how many people point their finger? There's one finger pointing out, but three fingers are pointing back at you. You can keep blaming everything around you. And you can say, yeah, we tried the training. I've tried five different trainers and none of it worked. And and it's like, well, and we all know the story. Yeah, well, it's not the dog, it's you, blah, blah, blah. Maybe not. Maybe it is a dog and people don't even know how to handle it. But you can only give somebody what they're ready for, give them enough for where they can and also if you're that person 
look, if you're the person who cares or you're not listening to this, I'm, I'm sure um, that doesn't follow through because like, why would you listen to a dog training podcast? But um, maybe you are, maybe you're not following through. Maybe you do really good in dog training, but you don't follow through everywhere else because I can be a really crappy student somewhere else as well. You know, the jujitsu um, coach the other day is like, oh, like, you know, where were you? Like, where have you been? I really try to get to training as much yeah. as I can, but like, oh, man. I keep juggling so many balls in the air that, you know, it just doesn't always work, but I'm still committed. I'm still going. I'm cre- We talked about momentum last week, creating, maintaining and advancing it. Well, I'm not advancing my momentum in jujitsu. I'm merely maintaining it. And mm. I'm just keeping it there for that, for the fitness, for the stimulation. Mental and, health and all that stuff. Exactly. And then of mm. course, I like to learn the technique. I want to get better at it, but I haven't taken it and I know I'm not getting to a point because I'm trying to really advance other things. So, but if I, but I really want it to be a thing that I do in my life. And actually when I don't get it for a week or two, like, you I, miss I, it. yeah, far out. I feel so weird. I feel mm. so weird not getting that, that sort of physical contact. So when you put up is, that, that episode about momentum, I messaged you and I was like, I've been thinking about this concept a, like a little, you know, a fair bit recently, like again, on that topic of let's say exercise, like, you know, um, like I'm getting married in two weeks. And so, so exciting. At, the, at the start of the year, well, end of January, um, I was like, I'm not in the shape that I want to be in. And like, I need to fucking do something about that because I've got three months to look really how I want to look for my mm-hmm. wedding. Right. So I went and joined like a local, um, I already had a gym membership, but I was never, clearly it wasn't enough for what, you know what I mean? I wasn't making the the most of it. So I went and joined like a group fitness place, right? Like sort of similar to CrossFit, mm-hmm. same, same, but different. Right. And, um, and I was started at the end of January and I was at a point where let's say, you know, two, two week, two to three weeks ago, I was training like six days a week and I was getting really fit. Like I'd lost a bunch of, you know, weight and, and put on muscle and stuff. And then I got hit with COVID and it like just knocked out, all that momentum mm-hmm. for like the better part of two weeks because Rach had it yeah. first and I had to isolate and then I got it like at the end of her isolation. So, we're, you know, basically didn't go to the gym for two weeks and like you really notice it. Yeah. yeah. When, you, when you go from, you know, working out five to six days a week and really enjoying that and having momentum and then overnight it's switched off. You can't do anything totally. about it. And look, you know? but but in but so then I guess there's micro and macro, right? So in the micro, yeah, momentum in terms of weeks. But if you look at it for years, oh no, you've maintained momentum. Like you, you know what the smell of a gym is. You know, like you know what it. You got, you got, you still got some hardness in your palms, or you got some callus. Yeah. You know what I mean. So momentum can be in the small, like the everyday, the every week. But then of course, like you know, in the in the grand scale of it. You may not train the dog for a week or two or whatever, but it's not like your dog's not trained. So there mm. could be a momentum maybe on in, on different levels. The, the one that are not, that I guess it all keeps together is you got to do it the daily. So the weekly happens, so the monthly and the yearly happens, obviously. But I think, um, but it's true, totally true. When we got when we got COVID, two weeks that I didn't really want to. The first week I couldn't do anything. Second week I didn't want to. And the third week I just could not be bothered. And I was trying to catch up with so many other things. And then obviously this week I've ramped it back up again and just trying to keep it at a level. But, you know, it's, it's that you miss it and it's out of your routine, it's out of your habit. That's what we really want from people 
to be able to adopt and take on from their training, you know? And, and I get people now, like, you know, when we book them in, one of the emails is listen to this episode of the podcast, listen to that. Um, here's an intro video to kind of, you know, get you prepared. So it's almost like I've given you the things. I know how much you've taken on. Like I rocked up the other day to this lady's house. I swear to God, I think she said she listened to every single episode of our podcast and she's going to listen mm. to it here. And I'm so sorry I forgot any name. I have to like think about it for a moment to even remember. Um, but I rocked up and dog seven months old and I'm like, this is freaking awesome. Just from listening to what we talked about, look how much you've done. We can, we're, we're like well into the training phase of most commands, you know, not much had to be done on loose lead walking, just kind of fix up a few things. It was really engaging. That's really cool exciting. to hear. You know, it's, it's good, so to, good. good to think that people are putting whatever shit we put out into the universe, exactly. that they're actually putting it into making some use of it. So that's cool to hear. I like that. So cool. It was really, really fun. So, um, so yeah, so like, look, so with her, I can, I can start talking a little bit more technical. I can get a little bit more excited with the job mm. where the other's like, oh, we didn't have a chance to It's watch fun, that. isn't it? When you find a client who's like really, you, I'm not going to say dumb it down, but like when you don't have to like really break it down too much with analogies and stuff and you can actually be a little bit like more technical. Well, it's I guess fun. because they're in maintaining their momentum so we can add to more momentum where most of our clients, we're creating momentum. We have to like tell them what yes means. You know mm. what I mean? Like, so in in our intro video, there's a, there's a little bit of theory and it happened from lockdown. Normally I'll sit down with people, we talk the theory, blah, blah, blah. Mm. This is what this means. Well, I put all that in a video because I- Much more efficient. Oh my God, right? so much better, bro. Oh my God, it's the best. But also- Which is also partly where this this podcast was born of, is born from as well, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yes, 100%. It's not like, having listen. to say the same thing 10,000 times. It'd be like, go listen to this episode, that episode. You totally. know what I mean? 100%. And maybe you do explain it a little bit in, in the moment, but like if you want to go and spend an hour listening to one specific topic, we don't have time to do that in a in a 90-minute lesson. Exactly. And look, you can listen to this or even people that I know listen to the podcast. When we start doing it, it's almost like, oh, that's what he meant. Oh, yeah, that's cool. That intro video is cool. Just want to finish that up because I thought it was really exciting is – I tried talking theory in the park from lockdown. We weren't allowed to be indoors, blah, blah, blah. So I'm outside in the park. All right. So this is Pavlov and this is what blah, blah, blah. It's like, you can't ga- engage anyone. But then then watching that video, charge a marker. That's all I want you to do. Just charge a marker. So when I come to you, I'm like, all right, goodness gracious me. The dog knows what yes means. This is really exciting. All right. So, um, so if you get those clients, you're not going to have those issues. Hopefully we get more of those clients. So the people that don't follow through, then when somebody sees them and they're going, oh, you didn't do the training that Luke said, well, aren't you an idiot because you're wearing a bloody harness? You know what I mean? So it's not, it's not a, ref- it, what, the last thing I want to kind of wrap up on is we can't take a personal. Obviously, you've just told them someone to do something. They said they mm. really wanted it. They don't do it. You feel per- like a dummy. Mm. Personal in the sense that I said this before we hit record, like every, every piece of advice that I give, and I'm sure that you do as well, and 99% of dog trainers, it's like I give out that advice with the dog's best interests yes. at heart. Mm-hmm. And so when I tell you to do something, it's not just for the sake of spitting hot air out of my fat head. It's like, because I want the best for you and your dog. And, so and when, when you said in their best interest, look, giving a leash pop when a dog counter surfs isn't in the dog's best interest in that moment, but overall, most certainly it is overall. Yeah, People need so- to have that overall picture. They go, I don't want to do that to my dog. Well, then fine, let him eat the T-bone steak and let it get stuck in his throat so then he dies. 
or you can't have anyone over because of your dog, your life gets affected. Or, you know, your dog grabs the bone, you try to take it, he bites you. So, like, how extreme does it have to get to show him, don't do that behavior, you won't get corrected, you do something else, I may praise you and reward you for it. Yeah. Yeah. So and think- it's like we, we do everything from a place of care and, yeah, like best interests of the client and the dog mm-hmm. in mind whenever I give out a piece of advice or show a technique or use a certain piece of equipment. So And explaining it, just explain it to the best of your ability to wherever they think they can understand it, right? Otherwise, mm-hmm. hey, just do that. You're like, but why? Like why the, you know, how long it took me after so many physio um, experiences to like actually respect a band, like, you know, those resistance bands, like I respect it now. I know how it works. I use it. Um, but for so long, I'm like, I came here and you give me this stupid thing. Like, isn't it something more technical or maybe some easier or something, but the band just annoyed me, but that was just me being ignorant and being young and stupid mm. because understanding it's like, oh, of course you want to support those little tiny muscles that you never give love to so you can swing a kettlebell around you know (laughs) makes no sense right Mm. you want your dog you want your dog to walk nicely on your next to you while walking you know on a busy environment but your dog can't listen to you in your house like come on you know what i mean and i think as well if you can with certain clients put it on them in a way smile about it it's kind of funny i'm humans your friend right whenever we're dealing with semi-serious stuff like this i think you have to laugh about it Make them feel like, oh, so they go, so then how do I do it? It's like, I'm so happy you asked, you know, and then you tell them. And I'm sure, you know, like with your, um, with your role at your other work, it, it's all about, well, then how, how, do I, how do I get this message across that you mm. want it more than what I want to give to you? Yeah. In, in, yep. in its own way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and don't we do that with our dogs? Why the hell does a dog leave another dog and come to you for? Well, I would say, why wouldn't he? Duh. But then also someone would be like, oh, my God, that would be like my wish come true. And it's like, well, then if you want that, these, these things are necessary. So then these are pieces of the puzzle for the rest of it. But again, I'm sure I've made so many people upset and I'm sure I've, I've screwed up heaps of sessions. And, and I'm sure, I'd, and I hate to say it, I'm sure that I've messed up heaps of dogs too. It, like not messed up, I think, permanently, but I didn't, I didn't do the training any, any service because I probably butchered it and I didn't know what the hell I was doing or I thought it worked for one dog, but it didn't work for the other. Now I realize that you shouldn't do it with a dog like that. It's just, I don't know, man. You just got to kind of, you got to screw some stuff up so you know how to fix it too. You know what I mean? And yeah, it's just, and that's experience you to get your hands dirty and hands dirty in terms of getting out there and doing it rather mm. than being a keyboard warrior or train mm. one dog in your life and going, this is how it's done because mm. it's ridiculous. Um, and end of the day, everything, like like we said, everything we do, we, we try and do it for you guys as either listeners or clients, you know totally. what I mean, with you guys and your dog's best interest at heart. Like this this podcast is literally called Life With Your Dog. It's like we want you to have the best life yeah. that you can with your dog, right? Yep. And so we will give you advice, training tips, techniques, methodologies and equipment and all that kind of stuff that – puts uh you know puts you and your dog on the path towards that yeah. now whether or not you take that on board and actually follow through hey man it's totally up to you right exactly you've paid me for my advice you know do with it as you please or you just recommend out the people that you know won't that you feel won't follow through so that you don't have to deal with them that's what a dog yeah. should do yeah 
<laughs> because why, yeah. why why should you take somebody's money that you don't feel like you're making a difference? It just makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, there was something that you're saying, and I want to say say something, but boom, it's left me. One thing I did want to say before we go is if you can go on to Spotify and give us a review, five stars, please. Um, that'll be awesome. Like um, like Andy Frisella says, that's the price of listening. That's the fee for admission. <laughs> yes, exactly. We don't ha- we don't have ads. We don't do any of that stuff. So no. if you actually enjoy it, this you know the people who listen to this and you feel like you get value out of it, the price of admission is you you pass it on to your friends and family, and we'd really appreciate if you could maybe just pop in a rating or a review. Oh, and iTunes, Spotify, or or iTunes, yeah, Apple Podcast. Yeah, we don't ask for much. No, I just do that. Oh, oh, that's what I was going to say. My friend said, he goes, you can't lead a horse to water. You can lead a horse to water, you can't make them drink it, but you can salt their food, all right? (laughs) So sometimes some people may need a little bit of extra encouragement, right, to understand that that they need a little bit more. Or some people just need to be hung out in the dry to kind of realise, all right, I need to do this. Uh, We're happy that our society is changing, dog training is actually a thing. So it wasn't also it wasn't a massive thing not that long ago. So I think things are changing and turning, and it's just like anything, you know. You, it's like saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. I took vitamins and it didn't work, and you're like, okay, bro, cool. It's not even if you took vitamins. It's like which vitamin did you take? Did you even take the right one? What did you do blood work to know if you were lacking and how much? Like this, <laughs> it's nutrition is so bloody complex to mm-hmm. say that no, nah, that didn't work. It's like, yeah, okay, cool, bro. Mm-hmm. And then again, if People that aren't super wise are telling their un, their unwise super, like their super unwise friends not to use you. That's a good thing for you because you want to see smart people, people that have common sense, people that care enough to see things through and at least give it a shot. And you know what? There's going to be some dogs you're like, look, I can't help you. I've tried. It's not working. You should maybe try this guy. He can, he can probably help you out. Or let's try a different technique. Are you willing for us to try something different? You know, we have to be a little bit open to and also at the end of the day people employ us they say i don't want you to do that then we don't do it yeah we, we can cease um i was like hey look i don't agree with your what you want me to do so we just need to like part here i think that's sometimes the best thing to do sometimes it's like let's have a conversation about that let's let's discuss it let's have a chat and then a lot of the times people come around and they're like we'll give it a go and then you follow up with them in a week's time and you're like hey Everything's doing good. And others don't want to talk to you too. And you can't can't win everyone's love. And it is what it is, you know. And but at the end of the day, people want to debate about anything. Well, we got the show and we're willing to have a conversation. We're willing to talk about all these things. We're not hiding nothing. So it's all out there. 120 plus episodes with all the YouTube channel, with all the um the videos that we put out, whatever, whatever. So it is what it is, man. Um, you, they don't want to drink water, then more water for me. Salt the food. Salt the food. <laughs> Let's right. see, hey. Good place to end it, I think. Yeah, I think it was solid. Love it. See you guys. Thanks, guys. You know where to find us. Um, yeah, we'd appreciate a, a review or a rating on your chosen, you know, podcast app. And um, we'll see you on the next episode. Much love. Thank you for listening to another episode of Life With Your Dog. Please share with your friends if you're enjoying our podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcasts to help others find the show. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook, Life With Your Dog Podcast. 
My name's Panos, and to keep up with my dog training adventures, tips and techniques, you can find me on Instagram at NP underscore dog underscore training, my website npdogtraining.com or my YouTube channel, Nutris Pooches. Thanks for listening, guys. My name's Luke. If you'd like to find out more about my dog training services, you can find me at www.kizuna, that's K-I-Z-U-N-A, canine, C-A-N-I-N-E, .com.au. Uh, I'm also on Instagram at Kizuna Canine Training. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.